Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Tracy asked me the other day, she said, what are you thinking about? Well, let me tell you what's going on. Um, we are going down 75 South. It's about 4 o'clock. We're just outside of Chattanooga. And we're moving at about 75 plus miles per hour. And there are tractor trailers uh, on either side of me, in front of me, behind me. There's cars in between there. And we're all moving and nobody can get around each other. But we're moving at a good, really good clip. And she says, what are you thinking about? And I said, if one of these vehicles up front crashes, we're all done. And she went, wow, that's pretty fatalistic. Well, yeah, it is. Thank you. Amen. Um, but you know what? That can be me sometimes. That, 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 that can be me. Uh, I, my kids cough, and I automatically think it's, guess, COVID. <laughs> now, you let one of them clear their throat. They get choked on a, on a piece of chicken. It's COVID. I, th- I think that way sometimes. Before COVID, if one of the kids coughed, I thought, it's pneumonia, and we're going to spend the weekend at Eggleston Hospital. That's just me. Hey, I'm Scott Moore. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with fatalistic thinking. That's who I am sometimes. A common lie that, that I believe is that when bad things happen, that this could be the worst it could be. That this will end badly. Another lie that's connected to that is this. This will never get better. Have you ever believed that lie? Has that, has that thought ever come into your head that this situation I'm in right now, this financial situation, this relational situation, this, this health situation I'm in, this will never get better? Ever believe that? And are, are you there now? It, it's worst case scenario thinking. Listen, I'm the president of the club of this. I know what this, this feels like. Now, I'll tell you where it started out. It started out early in ministry. The, the church was about 10 or 11 months old. I had been on staff about two months. I'm, I'm 21, 22 years old. The, the founding pastor, Rob Rayner, is getting ready to go out of town. And he says, Scott, I want you to handle everything uh, while I'm gone. Now, there's only 75 people in the church. And so I'm thinking, well, it can't be too difficult. And so he's only gone for, you know, a week. I get a phone call, and the guy goes, hey, I, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, and then I'm nervous. I'm, I'm too, I, listen, I've only been saved maybe a year and a half. And now all of a sudden, I'm getting ready to meet with this guy who's been married for I don't know how long, and he wants to tell me something. And so you know what I did? I said, prepare for the worst. Prepare for the worst. I went, okay, this, and I described what the worst could be. And I walked in there, and it was worse than that. And man, I'm going to tell you something. My motto, expect the best, but prepare for the worst, 
became prepared for the worst and expect the worst. And I'm going to tell you something. It became a, a, a pattern in, in my life. And what it did to me, it was just threw me, it threw my fight or flight mentality in, into overdrive. And listen, it would wear me out at times and leave me exalted, exhausted, exalted, left me high and lifted up. <laughs> it left me on the ground is where it left me. And so, let me ask you this question. I've been very transparent. What about you? What are you thinking about? Let's say it's not Sunday morning. Let's say it's you're getting off work, you're coming home from school, you're by yourself in the vehicle, and you're deep in thought. What are you thinking about? What is one of your reoccurring thoughts? Are, are there lies in your head that you believe and you've not realized it? Studies show that, that we as individuals, believers and non-believers, we have 6,000 complete thoughts a day. Now, we can have up to 80,000 partial thoughts. And so going with the 6,000 complete thoughts, they say that 80% of our thoughts are negative. 80%. Now, if we're just dealing with the 6,000. That means 4,800 thoughts that we have are negative, even self-condemning. And then if we, talk, if we add in all the partial thoughts, if we say there's 80,000 partial thoughts that are negative and self-condemning, I mean, we're looking at 64,000 negative thoughts. And I guarantee you that it's not 64,000 separate thoughts. I guarantee you it's probably five or six that our, our brain just repeats them over and over and over again. And then cognitive bias jumps in. Now, cognitive bias is this. Let's say before you walked in, let's say, um, let's say Trey and I are out there in the hallway, and I meet Trey in the foyer or the atrium, whatever we want to call it. Um, and I say, hey, Trey, you need to know something. Man, everybody in that room in there, they think you're an idiot. They just think you're an idiot, and they think you're a joke. And I just, I'm, your, I'm your closest friend. I'm your only friend. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just I want you to know this. Well, then, let's say it's you. You walk in this room, and you see people huddled up talking, and then maybe they look at you, and they, they laugh just so coincidentally. But what's your brain telling you? Your brain telling you, Oh, they do think I'm an idiot. They're, they're laughing at me, and you go through the, the whole service. Well, then, let's say afterwards, I, I walk up, Trey, hey, Trey, man, I was just messing with you, man. <laughs> that was just a bad joke. Everybody in there loves you. Here's what's happened. Because we already believed that lie, or he already believed that lie, our brain, our body, our emotions all responded as if it were true. The feeling in our gut, the anxiety, the fear, the insecurity, all that responded as if it were true. The problem that we have is that the most important part of us is what we think about. That, that is the most important part of us. What you and I think about is the most important part of us. And if, if 
80% of what we think about is negative and self-condemning, man, that is a problem. Craig Rochelle said this in his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, and I want to be up front with you. That's the impetus for this series. Uh, several of us read the book, and we went, you know, there are a lot of lives that believers believe that are not true. But he says this in his book, our lives always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if, if, I'm, if I have this insecure feeling that, you know what, never th- nothing ever works out for me, and I have one failing in the day, not, subtract all the things that went right, I'm going to keep thinking that my life is just wrong. It's, I don't belong here. Something's bad off with me. Because the end result is that we, our lives always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now, there's, there's two reasons for that. Why is that? Our brains always want to be at rest. Always want to be at rest. So I want you to think about the first time. How many people play golf in here? Just raise, raise your hand. All the unsaved people. That's good. That's good. <laughs> think about the first time you ever held a golf club. Listen, there's nothing natural feeling about that. Okay? Listen, I, I don't play golf. I hate golf. Listen, I'm, it's of the devil. Okay? It, it brings out the devil in me. I'll say that. Listen, and so anyway, but you think about the first time you did that. You had to hold, hit the ball off the toe or whatever. You go back. Nothing natural about that. But yet, I'll go. I went to the Masters a few years ago. And I saw Tiger Woods. And I only know Tiger Woods. But anyway, I saw Tiger Woods and a bunch of other great golfers, and it was effortless what they were doing. They didn't have to think about the grip. They didn't have to think about all these, their muscle memory took over, the brain was at rest, it developed a neural pathway. Think about this, how many times today did you drive from work to home and you didn't even think about the turns that you took, you you merged into traffic and you drove probably miles and you didn't even think about, you don't even remember, you ever done that? That's a neural pathway. That's the brain wanting to be at rest where it doesn't have to think about it. But the first time you went from work to home or you drove to work, you had to think about every turn. You had to think about merging the traffic. You had to remember how to get there. Now you can do it almost blindfolded. Your brain's at rest. Well, our thoughts, first time we thought a negative thought, it took a little bit more effort. But we kept thinking that thought And this God-created brain that God's given us, these neural pathways that are created for good, all of a sudden we got neural pathways that all of a sudden they just go on autoplay and they keep telling the same negative story over and over and over again. So that's one reason we have so many negative thoughts. Or at least 80% of them are negative. The other reason is you and I have an enemy. Man, if you and I are believers in Jesus Christ, we have an enemy who's the father of all lies, according to John 8, 44. He's the father of all lies. And listen, he wants to take those neural pathways and he wants to interject lies in there so that we can play these lies over and over again, even though we go to church and we hear they're not true once a week. But throughout the day, he's got this lie Injected into our brain that's just playing it over and over again. And I'll tell you what it does. It holds us hostage. And all of a sudden, this joyful, fully abundant life in Christ is this marked by joy and love and peace and all these great things. 
It's not us. We wonder, where's all this joy that Jesus talks about? Where's all this joy that Paul writes about? Where, where's all this peace that passes under? Where is all that? His goal is for you and I to forget the work of Jesus Christ. He, he doesn't just want us to forget who we are. He wants us to forget the work of Jesus Christ and hold us hostage to these lies. Well, here's the goal of the series. It's to, to expose lies. We're, we're going to look at five different lies, but here's what I'm hoping. By the end of this series, you're able to, to, to think about what you're thinking about. You're able to identify lies and counter it with the truth of Scripture and then live in joy and freedom. That, that's the goal. But understand this. It is a battle. It, it is a battle. And, and there's no room to be neutral or, or passive. I mean, listen, we, we can't have any type of neutrality or passivity. We, we can't be dis dismissive about this. It is a battle because if Satan can get you believing a certain way, he'll get you living a certain way. And guess what? Wherever you go, you're not shining for the light of Jesus. As you were created to do, as you just walk in fellowship with him. No, we got that lie playing over and over in our head. So you're saying, Scott, are you saying that changing my life is as easy as changing my thinking? I will say, yes, that's exactly where it begins. That's exactly where it begins. See, I have found when I meet with Christians, I've found that most Christians have believed a lie. Maybe one, maybe ten lies, I don't know, but there's usually one lie that we can identify. And it has been the result of, of their pain. And it keeps them in negative thinking, and not just negative thinking. Can you relate to this? This spiral-type thinking. All of a sudden, you're playing the same thoughts over and over and over, and it's just faster and faster and faster. And it creates a sense of anxiety. And I have found that a lot of Christians... Do not read their Bibles. Man, they, they don't read the Scriptures because they believe a lie. They, they believe this lie that it's not for them. That, that's for pastors. That, that's for super Christians. They, they believe this lie that it's not for them. Or, or they believe this lie that, you know what, I'm really not a reader. I would read the Bible, but I'm, I'm not a reader. Man, I've, I've heard that one. Listen, you, you, you are. And if you're not, you, you can or you can listen to it on audio. Or here's a new one I've heard. Or it's too holy to be read. It's to sit on a shelf. We keep it dusted and we revere it. The truth is that God's truth that sets us free is available to all believers. But if believers ignore the truth, they believe a lie, whatever lie it is, it keeps them from reading it. They're going to be joyless. And they're going to feel fruitless. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to have to put on a mask. And I'm not talking about the mask, the COVID mask. I'm talking about they're going to have to put on a mask where they pretend to be something that they're not. Because they know believers are supposed to have joy and peace. There's a, a beauty about them, not an outward beauty, but an inward beauty that comes forth. It's through the Spirit, just from, from fellowship with Him. 
They're supposed to have this abundant life no matter what life circumstances throw at you. There's this confidence that God is sovereign and you can, you can trust in Him in that. And so they put on a mask which just further imprisons them. So today, I'm, what I want to say is this. There's a lot of things I want to say. This is just an introduction, but I want to say this. Joy and happiness and abundant living and a fruit-filled walk with Jesus and, and peace and joy. Listen, you're going to have valleys in your life, but all that is found on the application of the truth of Scripture. All those things are not just given to the believer. But as we believe the truth of Scripture and apply that truth, man, I'll tell you what, people are set free. So I'm just introducing this series, but the Bible has a lot to say. So let's get to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, let me just say this. For you, those of you who have been walking in Jesus a long time, this may be a very familiar Scripture. Do not let the familiarity rob you of seeing something here that is new. So Paul writes, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now hold on to this, this verse. I want you to put it on a shelf in your mind because of all he has done for you. I, I just want you to hold on to that phrase because of all he has done for you. He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. What, what does that look like? That looks like signing up to be an usher and a greeter. Seriously. Or serve in some way, somehow in the church. Or, or serving your neighbor. But right now, we're going to apply usher and greeter. Let them be a holy, living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. He says this is the, truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Listen to what he says. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good and, and pleasing and perfect. Now, who's this available to? Who is this available? This is available to every believer. No believer is disqualified from this. This is available for every believer uh, that you can be transformed into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, think about this. Before you were believers, man, we, we, all of our value came from the world and what the world had to say, and all of our self-image came from the world and what the world had to say. But now we're no longer that. As Scott said, as he read John 1.13, we are children of God. We have a new identity because of what God has done for us. And we can be transformed into a new person by changing the way we think. Well, how do we change the way we think? I want you to go back. We create new pathways. We create new pathways. Go back to that phrase because all that God has done for you. Here's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to forget what Jesus Christ has done for you and me. He, he wants us to forget about that incredible work. Listen, because of what God has done for you. So now I'm going to get a little nerdy here for a second, but I'm going to invite you into uh, my world a little bit. Um, in my time with the Lord, and then also in my car, I have a card that looks just like this. It, well, it's actually this card. Okay, and so it's coming up on the screen, and there's two sides to it, but for today, we're just going to talk about this one side. I struggle with 80% of my thoughts being negative, self-condemning. 
but because of the work of Jesus. Can I, can I just read this? And I'm going to read it in the plural. And if you're a believer, this is all true you. Now, these aren't things I just made up. Oh, I want this to be true and this to be true. This comes right out of Scripture. Okay, so here, I'm going to read this. This is what's true because of the work of Jesus. We are accepted. We are called by God. We are chosen by God. Listen, you and I were created for this moment. There's a reason that we are here during this worldwide pandemic. Listen, you and I, no matter who you are, are dearly loved. We're dead to sin. We are empowered, equipped, forgiven, free, friends with God. We're gifted, filled with the Holy Spirit. We are holy. We are in Christ, and he is in us. We are justified. You you and I are the apple of God's eye. We're valuable. We're victorious. We can do all things through Christ. We have all that we need in Christ. We have the mind of Christ, and we have the power of the risen Savior. That is who we are, and that's just a tiny bit of what Scripture has to say. I read that in the morning. Sometimes I write it in my journal from, from memory. I keep it in my car when it doesn't get fall between the seats. I read it. Going, any cops in here? Sometimes going down the road, I just pick it up and read it. You know what? Sorry, cops. Sorry. <laughs> You're my favorite. Anyway. Satan wants us to forget what Jesus has done and how loved we are. You are dearly loved by Jesus. The cross proves it. Satan wants to rob us of this because if he can rob us of this, he will rob our neighbors of it. And listen, then, Satan's not blatant. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. We have to create new pathways. God created the brain for good. These neural pathways, that's God's creation. We have to create new pathways. Also, let's go back to the Scriptures, Philippians 4.8. And he says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Not not glance at them, but fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we have to create new pathways, but we also have to guard what we think about. So here's a little transparency. I've not been on Facebook this summer, and it didn't start out. I'm, like, I'm not one of these people who go anti-Facebook, anti-social media. There's, it's a great, there's great uses for it, okay? Now you're going, Scott, I see you posting stuff every day about the church. Here's where the transparency comes in. That's my assistant. So I'm not being a phony. I was being a phony, but no more, okay? That's my assistant posting all that. But I'm, I'm not on social media right now. And it really just started out because summer was crazy at home and it was, it was everything I could do to get everything done at work and, and at home. But then after being off of it a week, whoa, <laughs> I felt, I noticed I, I, I just felt better. I still think it's good and I think it's used for it, so I'm not that guy. But I was astonished at how much better I felt. You know why? Because... I don't know who's upset with Chick-fil-A because they got their drive-thru order wrong. I don't, I don't know who's mad at the president and who's still mad at our last president. I, I don't um, know how people are angry about those getting vaccinated and they're angry about people not getting vaccinated. I don't know who's angry about the mask and who's not angry about the mask. 
And I don't have to think about all these people that keep going on vacation. <laughs> like 12 times. I mean, the summer's only eight weeks long. I don't have to think about it. But can I tell you where my, my thoughts have landed? I don't have a perfect marriage, but I got a beautiful marriage to a beautiful wife. And, and I just enjoy the beauty of it. It's not perfect, and I'm an idiot at times. But I just enjoy the beauty of what God has done. I've got six boys, three daughter-in-laws, and four grandkids. And when they're around, there's a beauty there. That is a blessing. I, I, I just, I, I'm in my spirit, I'm very thankful to God for. I've got a great friends I work with. I've got great staff. I've got great friends I don't work with. And there's a beauty there that that is honorable and excellent and praiseworthy. Can I tell you, I've discovered the trees behind my back porch. I just sit and look at them. I'm not canatonic or anything, people. But the heavens declare His handiwork. They declare His glory. And I just enjoy it. You will see me back on social media at some time. But the point is this. You and I have to guard what we think about because what we think about will determine the direction of our lives. Listen to what else the Bible says. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. He's talking about people that play golf. Okay? <laughs> but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted by the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Man, I had a deep conviction years ago that I think one of the things that's hurting the church, and I mean the, the church and in, in the nation, and maybe around the world, is we're so busy we don't take time to meditate on Scripture. And, and I don't mean we, we sit there with our palms up and our legs crossed. I just mean we don't take time to take one verse and really think it through. So one other thing I do, and I'm, I'm old school. There are apps for this. You can get an app for your phone. The problem is when I pick up my phone, i got four texts, and I never go to the memory verse app. But I use this. We need to think and memorize Scripture. And I'm not saying you need to try to do 12 scriptures a week. I think if you did one verse a week, you would, it would change what you're thinking about and the direction of your life. And so that's uh, Psalm 37, 23, and 24. I actually used that verse. You can't read that chicken scratch. But anyway, I used that verse a couple weeks ago in a message. But when I picked this up this morning, because I was going to bring it in here, the very first verse, listen to this, 2 Corinthians eleven three. He says, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve with his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Paul said this. 
He said, hey, I'm afraid that just like Eve was deceived by Satan's cunning, it wasn't blatant, hey, I'm Satan, look out. Deceived by his cunning. In that same way, I'm afraid your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, some people say, Scott, that's great, but I can't remember anything. That word uh, in Greek is called baloney. <laughs> we remember what's important to us. Now, I will say this. When I was 23 trying to memorize things, it was a lot easier than it is now at, at 33. <laughs> uh, 30 years difference. It's, 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 it, it takes me longer. I'll just say that. It just takes me longer. I keep it on the dash of my car or in the passenger seat. And do I look at it every time I get in the car? No, sometimes i got to make phone calls or sometimes I get a phone call. But when I can, most of the time, I'm just going to pick it up. And I'm going to read one, and then I'm going to try to say it. i got little mile markers going down the road. I'm going to say it, repeat it over and over and over again until I get to this mile marker, and then I'll do whatever's next. Guys, it doesn't make me godlier. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. But I, not the pastor, I need to be thinking Scripture. Because just like you, 80% of my thoughts can, can be negative and self-condemning. And so I'm being changed by the renewing of my mind. So, come back next week. Come, come back every week or, or check us out online. Check us on, online every week if you, if you can't be here. Because here's the ones we're going to look at. I'm the only one that struggles with this. Man, you ever felt that lie? Or oh, I don't have what it takes. Oh, I have to perform in order for God to love me. Or this one. And I'm done can't do this any longer. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to counter that with the truth. We're going to take steps to, to think in new thoughts. We're going to make a new thought based on Scripture. And here, I believe this. I believe, I really do believe this. There, we're going to be set free. I believe some of you need this right now. You will be set free. So what does it look like? Hey, the lie we started out with today was this will never get better. All right, truth of Scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. Hey, I'm going to call the band to, co to come back on up. Here's the a, here's a truth of Scripture, uh, 2 T -T Timothy. Slow down. <sighs> I'm just telling you, I am a changed life. All right, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and self-discipline. Here's a new thought. I face every day with the power of God, the love of God, and the mind of God. Listen, you and I, if you're struggling with this will never get better, or you're afraid of what the day is going to bring, you and I face every day with the love of God, the, the power of God, and the mind of God. Truth of Scripture, Philippians 4, 12 and 13. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, Paul says. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. New thought when you think this will never get better or I can't do this. I have all that I need in Jesus to do all that Jesus has called me to do. If he's called you to be a godly husband, if he's called you to be a godly wife, if he's called you to lead a Bible study, if he's called you to be a witness at work, if he's called you to usher and greet, you can do all that Jesus has called you to do. I believe that because we have all we need in him. Hey, let's stand and I'll tell you what we're going to do. 
because of the victory we have in Jesus, we're going to celebrate it. Listen, there, there's not a lie you're facing. There's not a, a situation that's in front of you that God is powerless against. Matter of fact, He will come against it with all His power. And you and I can walk in victory. Doesn't mean we don't go through hard times. I'm not saying that. But listen, we can walk in victory. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Hey, listen, great being together online. Thank you for being here as well. Listen, come back next week. And listen, let's expect God. Let's tell ourselves this week, you know what? God can set me free. Hey, y'all have a fantastic week this week. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you. And you have a family at East Ridge Church.